right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. I, I realized I had a lot of alerts on Twitter, and I didn't know what they were. And I didn't know there was an extra area of, like, spam DMs. I think we I, I think we talked about this a couple days ago. So I've been scrolling through some of my favorite spam DMs that I received. Um, it, a lot of them are basically softball fans that are asking really good questions, so I feel bad that I didn't reply. But I did think this was kind of funny. Someone said, um, my daughter has an eating disorder and wants to keep running, so we need a doctor that can help her through this. Sorry to bother, but you know who can help. Kind of in a pickle here. I don't what, – What's so my question to you, Josh, is a, what's the goal of a scam like that, right? I mean, what's, what's the penultimate goal there? Well, we're just trying to get a foot in the door here to start, and then we'll, we'll okay. figure out where we go from there. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they're playing on my I'll probably be more likely to help because you see my picture and obviously you think I'm into fitness. So you want to someone that probably runs a lot, right? So you got to you start that and then we become friends. Kind of like the text about the girl with the hair, right? Develop that relationship. The next thing you know, she's asking me what my first first pet's name was or what my mother's maiden name is, right? And uh, like we discussed last week, what was your routing number? <laughs> You know those numbers on the bottom of your check? I love those numbers. Will you write those down and send them to hey, me? Hey, also, uh, really make me I happy. just got this note in here. Your car's warranty. <laughs> Did I tell you I got one of those in the middle of the game last night? Ugh, it's so what obnoxious. What are you doing, people? All right, it is 11.05. It is Thursday. The Sooners are one win away from a national championship. The seventh in program history, third straight, sixth in the last 10 season, a decade of dominance, but they got a work to do after their five-zip win last night over Florida State. And I would assume that we'll see Kat Sandercock. But let's talk more about that in big story number one. For now, as we come to you from Cavens on a Thursday, CavensGroup.com, 405-573-3048. It is time for the top five stories of the day. Here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino brings you the top five stories of the day. NewcastleCasino.com. And as always, Newcastle Casino is conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. Plenty of parking, 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat, NewcastleCasino.com. All right, big story number five. Number five. All right, Josh, I I got to ask you something, man. What's been the fallout on Live versus PGA after Rory and everyone made the rounds throughout the day yesterday? You know, I'm still digesting a lot of of all of it. I don't know what all of the fallout is yet. I don't know that we have a lot of the final details on on so much of this yet. Greg Norman's trying to act like Liv is uh, still very much a thing. So it it feels one thing we know is there's some way, shape, or form a merger 
Right. And the initial thought was, okay, maybe this means Liv is gone and it's just all back under one umbrella. And then now there's an argument that, oh, well, that's not really the case. So I, the, the short answer is I don't know what a lot of this means right now. All right. So here is a little bit of Rory on the PGA Tour and the control he perceives they're going to have over this whole deal. With the headlines being merges with live, like that's not the, I mean, if you look at the structure of how it's structured down, this new company sits above everything. Jay's the CEO of that. So technically anyone that is involved with live now would answer to Jay. So, you know, the PJ tour have control of everything. Is that, see, I don't even know if that's true. I don't know who controls what anymore. If they're funding it, they control it, and I think Rory gets that. Whether you like it or not, the PIF are going to keep spending money in golf. At least the PGA Tour now controls how that money is spent. If you're thinking about some, you know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or, the, or an enemy? At the end of the day, money talks, and you'd rather have them as a partner. Hmm. All right. Poor Rory, um, man. He just he would have done himself a lot of favors by many moons ago not not grabbing the PGA Tour flag and waving it around for everybody to see. If he had just said, you know what, hey, my allegiances, my allegiances are to the PGA Tour. I like playing golf here. Boom, done. Instead, he's, uh, you know, I just I feel bad for him in a way. It is a tough spot. It is a tough spot. Uh, there was one more here that kind of caught my attention. Um, and it's like you said, he's in a tough spot. From what I gather, the tour felt they were in a real position of strength coming off the back of the DP World winning their legal case in, in London. And, you know, they went in there and, you know, the way Jimmy described it, you know, Rory, sometimes you got too itty over water and you just got to go for it. Okay. Sometimes you got to hit it over water, yeah, Josh. This, and this doesn't come across as they were in this massive position of power. This comes across as they were worried about what was going to – probably both sides worried about what was going to come out in a discovery session once this hit litigation. So probably the best for all parties. Yeah, that's the other part. Are they selling you – what are you doing? Don't say that. Who's, who's selling you that bill of goods? You didn't want anything that was going to come out in that discovery to become public. All right. Uh, so anyway, we're still monitoring it. We're still learning a lot about it. Rory spoke yesterday. He seems to have become the voice of the PGA. At least, like I said, I was in softball mode yesterday after the show, so I didn't see too terribly much more of it. But have we heard anything from Tiger yet? I don't know that we have. No. Okay. I, I don't know that we have. Big story number four. Number four. Oh. Notre Dame has hired a new athletic director, kind of following the trend of conference commissioner hires recently. Notre Dame has hired someone who has no experience in the college game. Can I, can I make this point real quick? Just real quick. The ultimate goal, the ultimate job, I mean in my mind, right, and maybe I'm looking at this wrong. When you take a job and you bust for a, a graduate degree and you're studying you know college administration and understanding all of this everything that you're working towards is to be in an athletic director right you want to be an ad someday you want to run your own division 1 division whatever you want to be an ad everyone they're hiring for ad jobs and and commissioner jobs anymore i mean what are we doing we're hiring people with zero experience it's all TV related. So, what, Josh? Do you 
if you're thinking about getting into athletic administration, do you just take the route of trying to get into TV in a, instead of athletics or academics? Because that seems to be the way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, yeah, several of these high-profile decisions are going that direction. And it just tells us that, that's something we already know, that the, the TV money is the biggest driver in all of this. And you want somebody in those sorts of seats that understands what it's like in the war room of an NBC and, and right. beyond, right? Whether it's a conference commissioner or a uh, athletic director in this instance. So, yeah, it's disappointing for, for folks that have climbed that, that administrative ladder in, right. uh, in the athletic side, and yet they're, they're not really getting the call. It's who can, who can best position us financially with a TV deal. So Jack Swarbrick is out. NBC Sports Group Chairman Pete Bavacqua is in. That will become officialized at some point in 2024. But for now, I guess it's going to be like a, hey, this is this is our new guy. Hi, Jack Swarbrick. Listen, I'm retiring or resigning or whatever. Here's our new AD. He's never worked in college athletics before, but he's here to learn the ropes. So he'll be taking over in 2024. The interesting thing will be, what does this mean for independence for Notre Dame? What does it mean for their individual TV deal? That's, I think, a lot of stuff TBD. But Bavakwa's first statement was he does believe in independence. He likes that it makes Notre Dame unique. So new AD coming, one of the uh, longer tenured AD, one of the guys who's been around through it all, Jack Swarbrick, is stepping away at Notre Dame. Big story number three. Number three. What do you make of this? Josh Helmer, in the midst of all of the fake news that's out there involving conference realignment and different reports of grants of rights and TV deals and this school leaving there and this school going here, the Big 12 has announced the launch of Big 12 Mexico, the conference's first international extension that will see Big 12 men's and women's basketball, women's soccer, and baseball games held in Mexico. Big 12 Mexico's first contest will be a men's and women's basketball matchup featuring Kansas and Houston that will be held in Mexico City on December of 2024. Following the launch of Big 12 basketball in Mexico, Big 12 women's soccer and baseball will participate in exhibition events against clubs from the region. Additionally, Big 12, the Big 12 will explore establishing a football bowl game in Monterey starting in 2026. This would be the first bowl game ever held in Mexico. Josh, Big 12, Mexico. Thoughts? I, I still just don't know how to think about this. I understand the, uh, the Mexican uh, TV market and Mexico City in particular and Monterey. I understand the allure from that standpoint. I just don't know if there's a lot of interest. Mm. We're about to fight. As, as one great man once said, Josh Helmer, we're about to find out. Well, I mean, what do you think is the London series and these games in Frankfurt? Has, has it moved the needle for the no. NFL? And, and that's almost so. maybe – maybe that's even a poor comparison because it's the National Football League. But do you think that – the market for the NFL has grown because of the decision to play the international series. I, I, I'd have to look in numbers, but again, that's the NFL, right? And 
you're going to go to these games and see tons of Niners jerseys and a lot of Raiders jerseys. And it's just they're, they're already having to stay. I don't know if you're suddenly going to have Mexico City become a Kansas State hotbed where people are rolling around with K-State gear and, and these places are packed to the guild and sold out because, hey, the Big 12's coming. And they put Mexico at the back of their name, so that means they care. I don't know. I, You know, we did the softball. They've done the softball for the last, gosh, however, at Puerto Vallarta. I, I don't know if OU's going back there next year or not. So they've done they've done softball tournaments down there, and it's worked out okay. But I, I don't necessarily know if I'd say it's something that suddenly has exploded the sport in, in those areas. We'll see. Let me ask you this. Is less more – in that regard, one one big, you know, Monterey blowout for the bowl game, uh, you know, one big basketball event, one big football game during the regular season, or do they need more of a regular basis of events in Mexico? Like everybody plays one football game in Mexico City, for example. Mm. I think that I, would be a better idea than, you know, one a year kind of thing. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. So we'll monitor and keep an eye on it. I mean, I don't really know what else to add to it except to say, good luck. I mean, it's it's expensive. <laughs> it's not a cheap trip when you're traveling all that stuff across the border. So I hope I've, – I've always had the theory and the philosophy that if the NFL does it, it's usually a pretty good move. So I wonder if people are going to have the same idea whenever the Pac-12's TV deal is announced with, like, the CW – since the NFL has decided to put NFL inside the NFL on the CW. I mean, is it a good move still because the NFL did it? I'm going a little bit too deep on that. But I don't necessarily know how this is going to work out, but paint me intrigued. All right, big story number two. Number two. We did have an NBA Finals game last night. It ended like this. And there's the horn. Sorry. Denver takes game three in Miami. The home court advantage goes back to the Nuggets. The final tonight, 109-94. Was there some concern about whether or not the final was tonight? The final tonight. I'm looking at this, the final last night, 109 to 94 that was that was a weird that was a strange word to accentuate i'm here for it but i think the final the final tonight (laughs) the final tonight that was a little bit weird that was uh you know it's an exciting win for denver what can you say who cares here's nikola Jokic. Um, to be honest i just think it's a win you know because if we lose, nobody's gonna even mention. Even I mean, to be honest, I, I don't care. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a stat. Okay, I I have no expert inside analysis on this. I'm not gonna lie. I read a box score and mentioned it in the top five stories of the day. 109.94. Jokic was apparently insane. Finished numbers wise with 32 points. With, what, 21 rebounds and with 10 assists. And now I look up and first take is asking if heat effort is an issue in game three. What's that weather down there, Josh? It's that weather. It's Go down to Miami, be. you got that weather. Well, and it's it's amazing, isn't it? The altitude must be helping Denver with that weather down in Miami. <laughs> All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh. 
5-0 was the final last night. Oklahoma takes game one behind Jordy Ball, who has been sensational in this World Series. Last night, a complete game two-hitter, striking out 10, walking one through 97 pitches. In the Women's College World Series, Jordy Ball is 4-0. She has started three games. In 21 and two-thirds of an inning, she has allowed 12 hits, zero runs, has struck out 30 and walked just three. Opponents are hitting 158 against her. I will ask the question, is that good? Uh, Afterwards, let's see, Jordy on the fourth inning. The fourth inning. It wasn't a good fourth inning for Oklahoma defensively, right? You started things off with an error. You had a hit by pitch. But as she has done all postseason, Jordy worked through. I always know the offense is going to get going. Um, Especially this entire tournament, um, we've faced some really tough pitching. But I know that they're going to score runs. And so uh, I just try to do my best to just throw a good game and let the defense work and know that the offense is going to come through. And then Patty Gasso on Jordy Ball last night. She is made to be able to do that. She wants the ball like nobody's business. Not that we don't have faith in our others. Um, it's it's just she is like a very, very hot pitcher right now. She's still in the best she has all season right now. So you want to take advantage of that without um, running her too hard, you know, where – She's going to run out of gas, but she is just feeling it right now. And, again, it's just that first game that's really important. And um, against a team like Florida State, I mean, you just got to go for it because they're so well coached. They run bases so well. There's things I'm watching that I'm like, we've got to do more of this. we got to learn how to do this better. Uh, so they, they are very, very good team top to bottom in everything that they do. And, it's just, it was a matter of, like, we've got to get our feet on the ground, and Jordy was the right matchup for this first game, just to kind of allow us to get our feet on the ground. Mm. And let's see here, what else What else can I have that I actually edited? Oh, this is, okay, Lonnie Alameda. Was there ever a thought of going to Cat Sandercock in the fourth? Nope. Um, I think uh, if we had a lead, definitely, you know, could have done that. But, you know, definitely sticking to the plan that we've had all year, and, um, you know, I think they're a really good team in making adjustments. So needed to see what we had, you know, from our other pitchers too. So, um, you know, and then once they got the lead, there was no reason to. And, you know, now we've got game two. And, you know, if they go with Jordy, they go with Jordy. And then, you know, if they go with someone else, then we got a different look. But at least we got some looks at Jordy. I don't know, dude. That still is just – if we got – the only way they would have gone to their pitcher is if they would have got a lead. I don't understand. Patty Gasso was asked about teams using different pitchers and different approaches against Oklahoma. Okay, let's start with the first question. Because no, um, there is conversation without question, but what is really beautiful about this tournament is that you get days off, and that really helps pitchers a ton. And we have just a group of people working on our players whether, you know, it's ice baths or massages and so forth. I mean, they have hands all over them trying to help them recover quickly. So that makes a big difference. Uh, I think our other pitchers understand, and they all want the ball, and but they understand what's at stake because we're talking about it. 
and they don't question. They're hungry. They're waiting. Um, dance moves, I have no idea. I was just, I, how did they look? <laughs> I did. Was I in the dugout or outside? Okay. Dad, thank you. Um, I'm happy that that worked out. I was just feeling something. I don't know. I was wanting to play. Everybody gets really, um, the wait is hard. The wait from the moment you wake up till the moment you get here, and then the a little bit of anxiousness, and then you have to wait, and you're coming out in the field, and you're coming, it's just, you're just trying to get yourself back, you know, so. <laughs> I like the uh, the reassurance on the dance moves. Like everyone was really ready to jump in and let her know where they caught her doing her dance moves. Seemed like someone had that handled okay, but that was funny. I'm not gonna lie. It, we have a we have a we have a TV in our booth, but it's it's hung where you'd have to turn away from the field to look at it. I'm not complaining. I mean, I it, which it's easy for us if we need to see a mile per hour or a quick replay but i hadn't seen that until someone posted it on twitter and coach got some moves now josh coach coach got some moves she can she can drop the uh the gritty on you she can do any dance that jada coleman has taught her she can drop some moves on you You gotta watch out but it was just it was you felt like it was a matter of time even if they had stayed with what and i keep trying to call her mac wilson i don't know why but mac watson and what um Oh, it, Mac, son of a bee. I don't know why I keep trying to think it's even when it's in front of me while I'm calling the game, <laughs> I've got to look down and realize that it's Mac Leonard. It's like, oh, my gosh, uh, Mac Leonard. It's just you felt like it was inevitable. You felt like it, it was inevitable. And they went with McKenna Reed. Yeah, no idea. The boy and the fourth pitcher they brought in, Josh, they hadn't even thrown in the Women's College World Series once. Each of them had made one appearance in the postseason, and that was the moment where they used them. I was just – I know at that point when it's four zip, you're probably not going to Cat Sandercock, but I just – I guess I don't understand four zip being treated like it's 9 nothing. If I'm in that clubhouse, if I'm in that, that dugout, that's, that's something that's a little bit concerning to me. I mean, that's a run rule game if Kaylee Mudge doesn't make one of the greatest catches we've ever seen and then absolutely no-sell it. You sent me the video of the Iowa guy who sold it like he caught the home run and he never did as he was jogging back in and finally had to show the that he didn't have the ball in his hand. Yeah, Indi- I mean, Indiana State player. Oh, Indiana State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How about Kaylee Mudge goes over the wall and makes one of the greatest catches I think we've ever seen in this Women's College World Series. And you had no idea until she pulls the ball out of her glove and just throws it back into the cutoff, man. Like, no big deal. No big deal. That was just, that was a whale of a play. It fooled me. I thought it was gone. I thought it was gone. I called it gone. Uh, and it was the – here's what else is reassuring about it. Uh, by the way, Brooke was kind enough to point out that that was her favorite moment of the game last night was when I called that gone. A three-run bomb has – a three-run bomb has ended the – no. I think it's how it went, something like that. But it, it it is reassuring from this front. Haley Lee still looking for her first World Series hit. In the World Series, she is 0 for 11. Something like that, good little momentum builder. Good little momentum builder, I think, going forward. 
All right, you want to break? Hit some of the – oh, we haven't even taken our first break of the hour. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's get a timeout. When we come back, get caught up on a little bit more post-game audio from Coach and a little bit more from Kinsey Hansen. Then we'll hit all your text messages right here on The Ref. All right, let's, uh, let's get some phone calls in here quickly off the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. We're at Cavens on a Thursday. Tonight, 6.30, Oklahoma and Florida State play game two of the championship series. OU won last night 5-zip. Jordy Ball is not allowed to run this season in the Women's College World Series. And if they can get something good out of Nicole May tonight, I think they're going to be in good shape. By the way, that's, I fully expect Nicole May to pitch tonight. Gotcha. So that, that way, theoretically, things go wrong. Jordy Ball's there for the winner take all. Sure. Or if Slam things are going right, fifth inning, what's one thing that Jordy Ball also hasn't done this year? Not just in the postseason, but all season. She hasn't allowed a run in relief. Not a run. It uh, it would be kind of awesome if one night after we're talking about Florida State, why did you not bring in Sander Cock if Oklahoma does the exact opposite and brings in Jordy Ball? <laughs> she comes in and locks it down and gives them a chance to go win it. Unreal. Unreal. All right, so let's get to the phones. Where, where do you want to go first, Josh? Uh, let's get Benny in here. He was all first right. up. Beautiful. What's going on, Benny? How are you, man? CP, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Benny. How are hey, you, two, bud? Two, two questions for you. I'm kind of intrigued with the Rosen bag. You know, in the majors, uh, they get them uh, sweaty hands and mm-hmm. use a little Rosen. Do you think that could happen in softball where they can do little extra oh. rotations on uh, softball? Yeah, so the rule in softball is you'll see – that a lot in, and I haven't done a good job describing this for you, then Benny, because we had the rosin bag issue against Tennessee, right? Where mm-hmm. you're allowed to take the rosin bag with you out to the circle if you want, but mm-hmm. you have to wipe your hand before you grab the softball. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So that's you, or, or at the very least, what we found out on Saturday against Tennessee, the illusion of it. You, you don't have mm-hmm. to – you have to at least make a motion that you're wiping your hand after you grab the rosin back. Yes. Oh, okay. I had to learn something there. My next question is uh, recruits. So can you tell me the recruits that are coming in for the 24 season and is this Ella Parker in that group or not coming? I don't – She's the niece of uh, Dave Roberts. I've heard she's coming and I've heard she's not. I – I, I don't know. It's a great question. I have a lot of diehard uh, softball fans who will be very quick to let me know, I'm sure. But you've got the Tia Malloy commitment. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's Lawyer Malloy's kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what, Gabriela, Gabriela, Gabriela Garcia, I think, is another player that's in this group. But I don't. I'll have to dig here in just a second. I'm not familiar. I'm not. Okay. I'm not familiar with your work, Benny. I got to dig into the 2024, uh, 2023 signing class too. Well, hey, I really appreciate it. I always, I always figured you'd be right there amongst that know it all. The last nah. remark I want to make is that was one hell of a throw that Jada Coleman made. That ball off the wall and gunned her down. Uh, the Harding kid didn't yep. even slide. They just had her dead to rights. It was. By the way, Parker play. signed. Parker signed. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she was well, part of their signing class that was announced. Yeah, Ella is Parker. He, is she, yeah. How about the kid from Indiana? Um, they see, they got a girl from Hawaii. They got a girl mm-hmm. from California. They got a girl from Humble, Texas. And I don't see anyone Argonne. here from Indiana. I don't see anyone here from Indiana. 
In Argyle, Argyle, Texas, right. Maya, uh, Maya Bland. From Argyle, Texas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, just, I, hey. I'm literally just looking at Soonersports.com. So. And we got one from Coweta, right? That's right. That's okay. the commitment for next year. That's the 2024 commitment. Okay. Hey, my friend, I really appreciate it. And uh, let's go out and get this one tonight. And I stayed up you know, and listened to every pitch. And my wife watched it, watched it all the way through. And I was really happy to, that we got those three runs in that fourth inning. And I thought when we hit that fourth run, I thought, uh-oh, this ball game's over. Well, I thought it was over on the home run by Haley Lee. Thanks. Appreciate the phone call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See you, Benny. See you later. See Thanks, Benny. Chris. Yeah, I don't – I think – is Ella Parker the one that there were the rumors that UCLA dropped the bag on? Was that Ella Parker? Oh, I don't know. Gosh, but, I, I don't know. You, you yeah, know see, I don't me. know. But 2024 signing class, these are, these are players that have signed with, uh, with Oklahoma – for the 2024 season, Maya Bland, Nellie McEnroe, Marinas, Ella Parker, and Cassidy Pickering. And I think I've met Maya Bland a couple of times. She's my sleeper pick for 24. Stard. I think of think of Riley Boone, a little bit more juice, a little bit more power. Well, I shouldn't say juice, a little bit more power. There is... Uh, Nelly McEnroe Marinas, she's out of Hawaii. Hit 571 her final season. Ella Parker can do a little bit of everything. Uh, and then Cassidy Pickering. And they're gonna have a <laughs> they're gonna have a loaded roster again next year. Especially if a couple of those transfer portal rumors that are out there is uh Well they're they're already rocking. I mean yeah. it's they're already bringing back so much talent, but yeah, it's this is why I told you or have several times when we talk about, well, how are they going to turn this roster over when they go to the SEC? It's going to look totally different. This thing is you're just constantly restocking with great talent now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't uh, – oh, he – yeah, the Indiana player is a transfer, the one that he was mentioning, the not, not the recruit. There you go. That's the infielder from Indiana. I like her a lot, Kern. Kern from Indiana. She's – Vinny, sorry that I didn't understand where you were going with that. But he was asking about uh, Taryn Kern, who is in the transfer portal right now, and I think the kind of player that would look really good in Crimson and Cream out of San Jose. Uh, she was an All-American. She probably would help fit a pretty nice little hole in that Sooner infield next year, but we'll see. I know we're projecting a ways down the line on this. Go but ahead. I just can't imagine a scenario where Tia Malloy's not a star. I hear good things. Now, remember, she's not until that 24 class. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's like like I said, that's a way that down right? the, the line. Yeah. I always get confused by years because, like, for instance, Oklahoma's moving to the SEC in 2024, right? But OU softball isn't playing until 2025. Right, because that, so would, that, be, that would be the right. second half of that, that year. I, I, always get, I always get people confused on the broadcast, and they'll text me. He's like, OU is going to the – SEC in 24, don't you know anything? I'm like, I know, but softball isn't playing there until 25. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, Yeah, because the, the season, you know, the season's not over until Oklahoma's officially been admitted. That's right. We're, uh, we, you want to get one more? Yeah, let's get we? Ross in. All right, Ross, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, brother. I just uh, I wanted to tell you something here. 
I do. I do. I, t- I tell you this every year, so it's because I don't. I know you don't remember because you get so many calls, but yeah. I do this on the precipice of the last game every year. I started with you that Thursday night with Duke, <laughs> and in February, February 9th, and I'm sitting there in my kitchen, and I'm so freaking excited because this is my favorite season now. The girls are my favorite over football and everything else, That's and cool. and. I've been with you now since 2016, and uh, I will finish tonight listening to you. No TV. No, no. I went to, to, to four games in person but on um, the College World Series, but I'm going to finish with you tonight. I'm not going to lock up a TV or anything. And uh, I remember you that night, just like you say every year. We're starting tonight here against Duke. The season will go so fast. We'll find ourselves in <laughs> Oklahoma City before you know it. And we've done it again, and it's gone way too fast. And I'm going to say thank you again for another fantastic season. I live, unfortunately, as a 60-year-old guy, vicariously through the success of these girls because they're such wonderful people. So, but anyway, thank you for another great job and another fantastic season. And I'll be finishing with you, brother. All right, buddy. Appreciate the phone call. All right. Thank see you, you later. Later. <laughs> Pop texted me, idiot. Oh, you in the SEC in 24. Get it right. I got like th- whenever I was laying. And, Ross, by the way, I'm not trying to make that. That means the world to me. I say it every single time whenever whenever I dive into the softball season and, and, Ro- and Ross is right. Hey, welcome to the 2023 season. We're going to blink and we're going to be in the postseason. But enjoy the ride. And that's how it's been every single year. I get so excited for the start of the college softball season, Josh, because I know these next few months are going to fly. And there's a part of me that used to get excited about how quickly that's going to get me to the Raiders season. Not so much anymore. These next few months are going to fly, then I get to watch the Raiders. Yes. All right. Not so much. I I love watching the Raiders games. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate everyone trying to help out on the recruiting side of things. It's just I here's the way I cover recruiting for college softball. When I hear of a name, I'll pass it along to you. Whenever I hear of some uh, potential transfers, I'll pass it along f- to you. For me, I'm, I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot with what they've been able to do with their last couple of signing classes. They've been able to learn. They haven't had to rush them into work. I, I rush them into play. You know, they've been able to take their time. They've, they've been able to ease themselves in. Jocelyn Erickson is going to be a major part of what this program is about. Quincy Lilio, Sophia Nugent, these names that have bright futures in front of them, they've been able to learn how to lead, how to train, get their bodies right, and whenever their number is called, they're ready. And that fires me up. All right, quick break. When we come back, get caught up on the text line for the final 20 minutes of the show right here on The Wrap. Back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens. Got to get caught up here, so a couple quick texts, then we'll go all in. I didn't realize we got way off the clock here this hour. Ah, it's all um, good. We're talking to the people. Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line. Let's see here. Clearwater Sooner. This from I, I've fallen behind, so I'm just going to try to catch up on the best ones throughout the show. Did the FSU coach just concede they wouldn't beat Ball, even with Sander Cock pitching, and decided to keep her fresh to start tonight against someone other than Ball? Maybe. 
But they started Sander Cock versus Storaco here in in March, and when all was said and done, you know, Sander Cock had thrown two innings because she reentered. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know at all. Um. Where is this one? Sean writes, props to Mudge. I haven't jumped that high since Hanson's home run against Clemson. It looked to me like FSU, when they fell behind three, conceded and saved Cat four tonight. The pitch by committee hasn't worked all year, and it didn't for FSU in March. Someone brought it up here. I fell way too far behind on the text line. I apologize. But someone brought it up on here earlier. The win over Oklahoma, how did it happen? What happened? It wasn't a pitch by committee. It was two pitchers. And they shut down the Sooner offense. That was it. That was it. So I guess, Josh, for me, I don't I don't really understand why why we're trying to outthink and outsmart the room. That's where that's where my confusion is. I told you earlier, to me it was, and this is maybe a silly analogy, but it was like sitting down at the poker table and you have two good hands, and then you say, all right, I'm going all in. Right. And, and then all of a sudden they say, all right, well, uh, do you want to do you want to buy back in or good night? And it's you put all your chips into the center of the table and, and totally blew it in, uh, in game one. They got greedy. Got greedy. Got greedy. Uh, and then uh, the text of the day, and I'm going to get a few more time permitting before we get out of here, was from our man at Dan Freaking Pants, who writes, I made the mistake last night of reading Florida State Twitter. Never seen a meltdown this severe. It went from our girls being classless to our girls cheating to our fan base being annoying to changing the location of the Women's College World Series to a, sub- a, a state that supports women's rights. They were scrambling like Charlie Kelly trying to explain the Philadelphia male <laughs> controversy. I guess a cheese it bowl victory isn't enough for some people. Charlie, they're all there. <laughs> and they're, yeah. They want to know where their mail is at. They're wondering where their mail is, Charlie. <laughs> all right, quick break. We'll wrap it up from Cavens next right here on The Ref. Um, let's hit a couple here out the door. Any predictions for tonight, Josh? Any projections of how you think this thing is going to go? Yeah, I think – I think Oklahoma's going to win fairly comfortably. I oh, think uh, I think they're going to hit Sander Cock well, and I think they're going to play some runs early. To me, last night was the uh, the mental hurdle, the final one they needed to overcome. And I could see a scenario where Oklahoma's bats just just let it rip tonight. So I'm going to conservatively say seven to two, but uh, I expect Oklahoma to to go win this thing tonight. I've got a list of games this season where I didn't think they played all that well and what happened in the next game. You ready? I've got – I'm going to start in the opening weekend. Mark Campbell Classic. One zip, extra innings, beat Liberty. Next game, 10-1 to in six innings. Beat Stanford. Washington, 5-4. to Committed a couple errors. Two, two errors, I think, from Grace Lyons in that game. Next game. Beat San Jose State, 9-0. The 4-3 loss to Baylor. Simmered on it for a week. Went and swept through the Mary Nutter Classic, starting with an 8-zip run rule win over Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Mississippi State beat them 9-3. Scored all nine of their runs in the first inning. 
and Jordy Ball struggled a bit. Next game, eight-zip run rule went over South Dakota State, and then the come-from-behind went over Florida State, where I thought they played really well. I thought it was a great game, one of, the, one of my favorite games of the year. I, I, how about Iowa State? Iowa State, opening game of that series on a Friday, 1-3-zip. Didn't play poorly, but then won their next two games by a combined score of 23-3. to You catching a trend here? 4-3 to win over Texas, maybe didn't play all that well, needed a rally late to win it, won 10-2 the next game. 3-zip, tough game against Texas Tech to start the weekend, next two games by a combined score of 13 to nothing. After they have a challenging outing, they always back it up with a complete performance. 4-2 to win over Oklahoma State where they had a rally, came back that Sunday and just had a dominating 5-1 to win. It just... They, t- they tend to back up, and they won five zip last night. But those first three innings, and they bounced back late, they just always seem to bring their best after maybe some frustrating moments. Uh, Brad in Bartlesville write, writes, it seems to me this is going to put a lot of pressure on Sandercock to pitch this game, needing a win. Lonnie Alameda would tell you that's what she's prepared for all season long. I think you're right. I think you're right, Brad in Bartlesville. I think you're 100% right. Uh, and the 580. I think what the FSU coach is saying, I had to see if we had any chance against Oklahoma if they start lighting Sandercock up in game one. I think her strategy was to get lucky in game one, throw Sandercock in game two, and hope she works out. If she does, run her back out in game three. If not, try not to get run rolled in game two. And Joe from Guthrie, do you think Patty will start Mayor Storacco tonight? And if things get dicey, put Jordy Ball back in on like Monday? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're going to see Nicole May tonight and Jordy Ball out of the pit. In those games where Patty has a one-zip advantage in the championship series, you rarely see him go back to the ace. Steelman is ready to talk softball. He's here at Cavens Group. We'll see you back tomorrow morning on the ref.